As you're listening, don't forget to check out the Professional Amateurs Podcast on YouTube. And while you're there, hit like and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 33 of Professional Amateurs. This is a Jackson Fisherless episode. Uh, he had something come up with his supervisor for his thesis project. So it's just Ryan and I for today. Hoping to cover the week that was in the NHL. We got a whole bunch of stuff that we're hopefully going to get to. Um, but first, Ryan, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I feel like a 12 year old, but um, <laughs> but we're we're here. We're thriving. Gonna find right. right. Why do you feel like a 12 year old? Yeah, I was gonna let you get to that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I shaved my face for Movember. Um, I do this. Well, I've done this for a couple of years now, and although it is for a good cause, I absolutely hate the look of it for the first time. <laughs> this is probably the first year, like bear in mind, like we're 22. This is probably the first year that I would have legitimately been able to do it, like full stop. Like last year I grew it out, but it was like greasy and like didn't touch anywhere. But yeah. uh, I forgot to shave yesterday. And so I don't really know what to do now. Like, do I start late or do I just let it go? And then eventually... I don't know. Yeah, you, I, you you just let it go now. Yeah, I'm just gonna let it go now because now it makes me look like I'm uh, like I'm more mature and have like yeah actual facial hair growing you, abilities. You get just a little people that I shaved yesterday, and this is what yeah. I look like now. Get a little bit of a head start. Just <laughs> make people think you can do better than you can. Yeah, and then it, when it when it still isn't even grown to be like an inch long at the end of the month, I'll just, just play it off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so a whole lot of stuff going on in the NHL, tons of streaky teams, uh, a lot of teams underperforming and overperforming, but, uh, some significant games going on last night. Uh, where, where do you want to start? Uh, I want to start with Eric Carlson. Holy. Like, you, yeah, the, you got the yourself a deal time, there. The two-time Norris, uh, winner is back in a big fashion with his first, his first like I, I I was kind of shocked by that um, yeah. uh, hat trick, like that that was crazy. I was I was so shocked when I saw that he scored a hat trick. I was like I was like what? That's awesome! <laughs> like I knew he was off to just an incredible start this year. But I woke up to um I think it was our group chat on Twitter this morning, and you just plopped a little Elliot Friedman tweet like Carlson yeah. hat trick. So. <laughs> what <laughs> yeah that was all i saw too and i didn't see anyone else tweeting about it because it's san jose no one's yeah. really talking about the sharks and i was just like wait what let me go check this he's so he's, I, check, he's now second in the league in goals behind mcdavid i know this the score hasn't updated his stats which is super annoying like it's one o'clock the next day let's go here mm. but uh he's got 14 points in 12 games oh no he's got 15 points in 12 games nine goals like yeah. go away that's insane and like this is a guy that was written off two years ago he was making 11.5 for i don't know three million dollar production um like let's be real that's where he was at because of injury and whatnot but do now you, he's just sorry do you have how many wins the sharks have there in front of you they're three eight and one so you're telling me they only have three wins i believe so yes okay Eric Carlson has three game-winning goals. No way. That's sick. Yeah. That is so awesome. That's it. He's like, that's crazy that he's doing this at this point in his career. 
Um, I don't. We, I forget who sent the tweet, but like, didn't someone reference that this is probably all because he's the guy again? Was that you? I, I had this thought. I didn't think I sent anything about it, but I okay. So maybe it was just thought. you that said it. Um, but like yeah. Brent Burns not being there because like let's be real, Eric Carlson and Brent Burns are very sort of redundant in the same lineup. They're very much the similar a similar player. And now that Brent Burns isn't there, Eric Carlson's running power play. He's playing 24 minutes a night, um, just like he used to. And uh, and now he's over a point a game and almost at a goal a game. And he's got he's got nine goals in 12 games, which is just insane. To put this in perspective, if he scores one more goal all season, he ties his um, total from last year. And if okay. he gets two more, that's his highest total since 2016-17 what's his career high like 19 21 oh he's gotten 20 before that's cool um but like okay so do you think san jose is going to trade him like they could now i think if they yeah. retain some salary absolutely they could if, if i'm the sharks you gotta like that was a contract that looked yeah. unmovable a year like three months ago the the sharks are probably doing cartwheels because this is actually a tradable asset now yeah. Like assuming he keeps this up, um, getting a little bit closer to the deadline, which is a big assumption, but um, he looks friggin' incredible right now. And and it'd be tough for San Jose to have to eat salary, but I mean, it, if it's what you got to do to move the player, you've gotta. Um, like, like who's not gonna take Eric Carlson at I don't know a seven million dollar cap hit if San yeah, Jose and, retains four and a half something like and that. And like if if you are committing to a full rebuild, like would you rather get something for the asset and still be paying less or yeah. just have the asset sitting there and maybe producing, but you don't want them to produce if you're rebuilding. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you got to trade them, get anything you can for them. And even if you have to retain for the last four years, it's going to be way less than what you were going to have to pay if you kept them. So exactly. And and on top of that, you you remove that salary and you bring in some young assets, probably just draft picks. And so yeah. um, th- those guys aren't going to be in the NHL for a couple of years anyway. So by the time your team's good again, you, you're you not going to be paying that retained cap hit maybe and, for a year. But it's just, it's the, really cool to have this narrative started where Eric Carlson has actual trade value again. Oh, it's awesome. And if it would be crazy if we saw like, a creative trade like we've seen before with the third team too where somebody gets them at like 25 percent like that it it might be it would have to be like chicago or arizona somebody who's absolutely going to be terrible for the next three four years and be willing to do something like that but that'd be cool that would be crazy yeah to get his cap hit even further down or just to get it down to that seven yeah that'd be really cool um did you see did you see trevor zegris's shootout winner in that game last yeah. night is that not one of the more disgusting and like just nonchalant shootout goals you've ever seen it was just like i'm the man and i know it like everything oh. he does is and i it's... friggin' love it it's so electric oh, he's so great <laughs> he is so great he's so good for this league like yeah. he's got such a sick personality did you see him chirping james reimer on the benches yeah. Like, yeah. you're mad at me for hitting you and i'm 130 no yeah. just kidding 170 on a good day or something like whatever yeah. i'm like oh man he's just i don't know every and, time i see him on social media it, it makes me smile and that's yeah. not 
that's not a thing with most players. I was just going to go right there, too. Like, every single time I see a clip of him from, like, Media Day or something, he's always by far giving the funniest, most creative answer, doing something crazy, stupid. Just, like, he has a personality, like, 99% of this league doesn't. And yeah. we're seeing more and more players trend toward it, which is incredible for the league. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Um, it's almost as though, like... I don't know. It's almost it almost seems like there's a strict cutoff from when like personalities really started to come into the NHL and you really see social media starting to influence kids and being more outgoing and stuff like that. Like does that make sense? Am I onto something there? No, I think that does make sense because you just from a local perspective too. Like we can see it in Shane Pinto. He mm-hmm. like he as much as like some of the other younger guys like Brady, even though he's only a few years older, he still does have that like somewhat serious persona yeah. to him when he's in the media anyways, when he's right. doing his own stuff, he's being Brady, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But like, even when Pinto's doing a little media scrum, it's not the same cliche answers. He's always just saying what's on top of his mind. He's always giggling with reporters. Like it's just not something you see from the older players. And I, I definitely think it's something that correlates with um, the players just gaining more confidence in in what they can do on the ice, but also them realizing that they have more power off the ice too. Speaking of players with personality and that are also dominating on the ice, Jack Hughes of the New Jersey Devils. And that wasn't the best segue because it's not necessarily Jack Hughes who's dominating, but I wanted to talk about the New Jersey Devils, if that's all right with you. Absolutely. Um, they are 7-3 and three since an 0-2 start. So they are 7-1 and one in their last eight games. And they, I believe the stat I saw this morning was that they have had one game this season with less than 36 shots and only one game this season where they've given up more than 25. Yeah, they like, are... What? They're dominating every analytic model possible. Like I, you and me follow a couple of the same analytics people. And I feel like every single time they're doing their little weekly or daily or whatever, um, here are the best players for like expected goals for um, expected goals against, or like the differential. It's always the New Jersey devils players that are dominating the tops to start the season. Anyways. They're at the top of everything. It's absolutely yeah. absurd. Like, like Nico Hishier might win a Selkie trophy this year. Oh, yeah. Jack Hughes has not yet broken out this season, and he's pointing game through 10 games. Jesper Bratt has a 10-game point streak. You know how many games the Devils have played this year? 10. That is sick. Like, I have, I've been all in on Jesper Bratt. I love him. Like, I think he's my favorite player outside of the Senators. Has um, he always been with New Jersey? Yeah, he has. Sixth yeah. round pick in 2016. I always thought he was somewhat of um, like a Batherson comparable in the sense that you maybe didn't hear so much about him coming up. But okay. then he just had one. I don't know. He He's just this underrated player that it feels like people don't talk about at all, but might be the best player on their team. Yeah, for sure. And... Like, I wonder what his contract's going to look like. He signed a one-year deal in the offseason. Yeah. I think it was for five that and was, a half. That was such a miss by New Jersey, in my opinion. I don't know if it was a miss, though. I think it was New Jersey offering him money and Brat wanting more. Like, I, 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 
I'd be shocked. And Friedman, like Elliot, Fried, no, was it Elliot Friedman or was it Dmitry Filipovich? Like heavily implied that New Jersey made a long-term offer to Jesper Bratt. And he was just like, no, like I can get more if okay. I just have another big year. So, and like, I, I kind of side with New Jersey on that. The guy had one big year and he was a sixth rounder. Like, you don't know what that year is going to look like. And obviously now it's going to be sustainable. And this is one of the better wingers in the league. Um, and you're going to probably have to give the guy $9 million a year. But you can kind of afford to have taken that risk because your top two centers for the next seven years are signed at a $15 million cap hit. Yeah, that's true. So you can afford to splurge on your Jesper Bratt. Yeah, if if I do, or sorry, if it was him betting on himself, I, I take back that point. It totally checks out. And good for him because he should. Um, he's an incredible player and... I'm so excited to see um, what the what the limit is for this Devils team. I think they're going to be electric. Um, John Marino trade of the offseason. Yeah. Like, unless I'm forgetting. Okay, well, obviously there was Ottawa trade. The Ottawa's trade for Debrinkat. But, like, in terms of um, early returns and stuff like that, I don't know. I think John Marino might have been, like, the trade of the offseason. He has – he is so good. Um defensively he just he's such a shut down defenseman and they got him for ty smith who is genuinely a bad nhl defenseman and i don't even know if he's getting minutes with the penguins i'm gonna go check that out right now in a third round pick and this is now a guy who is stabilizing your penalty kill your five on five defensive play and i'm pretty sure him and graves have like a 73 percent expected goals um share in their yeah however many minutes together like it's it's disgusting that that trade happened um and it's not even like marino makes 4.4 million dollars and i'm pretty sure he's signed for the next four years maybe five um ty smith is not on the penguins roster right now like i i don't really get that for them like it was i, an, I get it was an absolute steal like yeah it was, I don't know, when I saw that trade, I was just so mad because that was exactly what Ottawa and, like, not even just Ottawa. We just know that because we know the Ottawa market. But, like, the league is always looking for good defensemen like that. Yeah. And every once in a while, they just go for these crazy low prices. I get teams are getting cap crunched, but still. I just don't understand. Crazy why they needed to do that i i mean they're right up against the cap right now but i'm trying to see like who did they break oh it's because they kept raquel that's got to be why because because malkin's evgeny malkin's uh salary dropped by three and a half million uh chris letang's salary dropped by about two million um mm. but then they bring in jeff petrie in that uh mike matheson trade which bumped up their cap by about one and a half and then they also brought back Ricard Raquel, who I was not making a lot, but is now making five million a year. So basically, those two guys uh, necessitated—I don't even know—is that the right word? I don't know. But don't know. Uh, it it's made definitely it not a word. It. Oh, it's got to be a word. You got it. It's, okay. Necessitated. Necess- that is not a word. Necessitate. It's necessitate is a word necessitate never... make something necessary as a result or consequence okay okay but necessitated <laughs> ne- ne- te- 
Past tense is necessitated. It is a word. It is a word. Indefinite. That is not a word people use. <laughs> I've never seen that use that word used. Would you rather me use the word necessitated or it made it necessary? <laughs> that one hundred percent. It uh, it made it necessary for Pittsburgh to trade Marino because they brought in Petrie and uh, who did I just say Raquel? And uh, yeah, that's a big whiff. And like literally last week, I was ready to crown the Pittsburgh Penguins um, <laughs> Metropolitan Division champions. And since then, they've lost, I think they've lost four games this week. They've lost five in a row total. And uh, New Jersey's now in, tied for first in the division, first by points percentage. So, yep. Uh, well, well, I'm going to start crowning teams just to see what happens. Good. Uh, give, them, uh, give them the kiss of death. Just give them the kiss of death. So, uh, so I guess next on the kill list after Pittsburgh last week would have to be either Boston or Vegas. Which one do you want to talk about? Uh, let's do Boston. Okay. Uh, this team is nine and one. Honestly, honestly, we can almost consider it the reverse kiss of death because I think did 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 you have them outside playoffs or did I... you have them on a wild card? No, I definitely had them out. 100%. I had them okay, out. Okay, and I'm pretty sure Jack had them out. I want to say I had them as a wild card, but I probably didn't. I'll pull um, And this team turns around and goes 9-1 and one in their first 10 games. Brad Marchand returns a month earlier than he was supposed to or expected to. Puts up two goals and assists in his first game back. And now uh, Charlie McAvoy is ahead of schedule. Like this team, this team is literally missing their yeah. best player. <laughs> Yeah, depending so, on how you feel about McAvoy versus Pasternak, they're, they're missing a top two player on their team. Yeah, so you and me had them sixth, and Jack had them fifth. Damn. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, we definitely underestimated this team, I would say. Yeah, well, like, how do you do that? And how does Marshawn? Well, I guess it wasn't more like he recovered two months early. It sounds like they fudged the lines, and oh, yeah. And made it sound like he was going to be out way longer than he was actually supposed to. So it was right on time. He even said it in a presser. He was like, we had this date schedule. We like, we had this date circled. But they basically trolled everyone by saying yeah. like end of November, December. Yeah. So it's hilarious. It's just, yeah. I, I hate them and I hate that they're good, but they are. And they deserve our respect, unfortunately. Hampus Lindholm's over a point a game, and David Krejci is at a point a game. Yeah, that's absurd. Like, that's insane, dude. Like, what? Who is this guy? Who is AJ Greer? And why does he have six points in eight games? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I just didn't think much of this roster. It Wasn't Matt Grizzlick one of the guys that they were going to be missing a lot at the start of the year, too? Um... I thought he was going to be out long-term to start the year, and he's now played six out of ten games. Yeah, I, I thought he was also supposed to be out a lot longer, but he so, was just back within, like, a week. So, coming into the season, we were under the impression that Marshawn was going to be back until December. McAvoy and Grizzlick were out till the new year, and now Grizzlick's back, Marshawn's back, and McAvoy's, like, I think skating, or on his way back within the next couple weeks. Um, And, like, McAvoy's going to come back, and all of a sudden... Like, everyone shifts down. So, Hampus Lindholm, who has 11 points in 10 games, playing 24 minutes a night as the number one defenseman of the team, shifts down to the number two spot. And then, et cetera, et cetera. 
Bergeron on a $1 million contract is point per game. Yeah. At what? Bergeron's 30? at 1 mil? Well, he's at like 1 or 1.5, yeah. Was it Wasn't that he? Low? I thought it was a little bit I more. swear I'm not making this up. Okay, are you going to check right now? Yeah, I'm going to check. I think Krejci's at 1 mil. I want to say Bergeron's at 2.5. Okay. Maybe that was it, but I know it's low. Like check it though, just to make sure. Yeah, yeah. But like it's yeah, I I don't know. This team, like Krejci did did just get hurt though and get put on IR. Right. Um, after like Krejci and Bergeron are gonna nail all their poor performance bonuses though, which is gonna leak into next year as like, like overage. Um, I think that's how that works. So they'll yeah. get nailed for that next year, but they don't care this year. Like, yeah, you're right. Bergeron's at two point five. Okay, still. but still, like, I I don't know. And like, where's this team gonna go too? Like, they're nine and one. Like, the everything we were saying at the start of the year about this team, like getting off to a bad start and showing signs of like aging like, and all this and that, was, and then Pasternak maybe wants out. Like, yeah. there's no way he's leaving. I was just gonna say, does Pasternak stay now? I think so. I think I think he was going to stay all along, to be honest. And I think, I think he's going to become the highest paid winger in the NHL. Yeah. Um, he's got to like, be asking for at least Panarin money. I think twelve. I think eight times twelve. Someone floated eight times eleven to match his jersey number, which would be very cool. But uh, do you think the I, Bruins get him to buy into their stupid take less? No, because McAvoy got nine and a half and basically yeah, you said... Could, you could kind of argue that that's a bargain based on other contracts given out. You could, but they're not... Like, his... his. It's a bargain because he's Charlie McAvoy, but it's not a bargain compared to other contracts in the sense that he's making market value for high-end defensemen who need contracts. If that makes sense. Like, obviously, he's yeah. a better player than, like, a Darnell Nurse and a Seth Jones and all them. But like at the time those guys signed their deals, they were coming off of like career years or had all the leverage. Um, McAvoy signed his 9.5 when he was like, I don't know, 24 years old. It's and true. so, so I, I don't, I don't really see it as it's hard to say not, like taking eight times 9.5 is buying into the Boston um, take less philosophy. That's like true. I think if McAvoy was at seven, you could justify that, but nine and a yeah. half, I think he's pushing it. It's true. Not that he's not worth it. He's worth that plus another yeah. two million. But um, I think McAvoy getting his nine and a half makes uh, Pasternak look to break the bank. It'll just one. I just wonder what the number will be. It'll be really interesting to see. Mm-hmm. It'll be a. It'll be a. It'll probably be a very cool contract. Um, you want to talk Vegas? Yeah, let's do. Let's jump over to Vegas. Um, excuse me, Logan Thompson. Oh yeah, and like, and also Aiden Hill. Like, what is what is happening here? Like, Ryan, give me a quick rundown. Like, what is going on? Do you have Vegas's stats open, or do you want me to rip through it? Uh, you rip it quick. Okay, Logan Thompson is five and two with a one seven three goals against and a nine thirty eight save percentage. Aiden Hill is four and zero with a one seven two and a nine forty. This is a team. <laughs> That was supposed to be like written off at the start of the year because Robin Leonard took the year off for hip surgery. And uh, all of a sudden their goaltending is better than it would have been with Leonard. Like mm-hmm. it, it is. And, uh, 
and they got I don't know five million dollars in LTIR space to go who get whoever they got after they lost Leonard unless they can still use that I'm not sure I'd have to check but uh, like Jack Eichel's back um, he's gonna be he's an all he's gonna be an all star this year he's gonna he's gonna blow past thirty goals might score forty I think it'd be cool if he scored forty um, he's probably gonna finish over eighty points. I remember we had those the, the locked on Vegas guys on. They were talking hundred points. Yeah, I don't know about that, but he's. I think he's a shoe in for ninety. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. It's just such a deep team. Like, despite what it seems, because of how much depth it seems they've lost over the years. Like, just looking at sort of their leading scores, you got Jack Eichel, Chandler Stevenson, William Carlson, Jonathan Marcheseau, Mark Stone, Riley Smith. And Nick Roy and Phil Kessel, who has not gotten going yet. And who knows what with him. He's he's up there in age. But like all those guys in your top nine, see you mm-hmm. later. See you later. Yeah. They uh it's super impressive. Like just given that goaltending, I given my biases towards Logan Thompson, I thought he was gonna be pretty pretty good this year, but I really didn't think that a a tandem of Thompson and Hill was going to be sustainable to um to lead you to like 45 50 wins that you might need to get into the playoffs right um and another underrated factor to this too is that um like obviously here in ottawa we're very hyper fixated on the calder race um if this continues i think it's over like if if logan thompson puts up 30 wins and a 940 save percentage as a rookie it's over is he eligible for it yeah he, he played 19 games last year. You need, like, 26. Even for a goalie? I think so, yeah. Because I know it's 25 for skaters, but I think that I've, number would be lower for a goalie. I've seen him on lists, so unless people okay. got me online, then... No, that makes sense. He was stellar in his 19 games last year. He went 10-5 mm-hmm. and five with a 9-14 save, um, and he just took another step up this year. Like, yeah, I don't know. Um... I think the threshold should be lower for goalies, but if that's the case, he's definitely the front runner right now. Holy yeah. guys, like Vesna caliber right now. Yeah, like he's he's yeah. literally the leader for Vesna right now. If the season ended today, Logan Thompson would be your 2022 Vesna Trophy winner. Um, yeah, I mean, just I'm gonna look at their cap situation. I want to see. There's no way they do have any cap space left, but I don't remember them making any moves after they put um, Leonard on LTIR, unless I'm completely forgetting something. So I'm just curious. Oh yeah, they have zero dollars in cap space. Okay, yeah. never mind. Um, um, just outside of the cap space conversation, just circling back to Eichel a bit. I love that he's back. Like yeah. I love that it worked out for him that he he went through everything that he went through with Buffalo to try to get what he wanted in terms of the medical procedure um, that everyone was so scared about. And now he's back playing at an elite level. So I think that's just really cool and good for him. And it's really set a precedent too, because it wasn't uh, the, the name of the players on the tip of my tongue that went and got a similar surgery. Was it Tyler? It was Tyler Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Was. Tyler Johnson of Chicago. And, and I think he's back now too. Let me go check that out. Um, yeah, Tyler Johnson's got six points in six games this year. Like he's playing and he, I don't really think he played last year. Yeah. 
and he got the same surgery that Eichel got. It's just it's it's really cool because I just remember how exhausting that story was and how long the the the, the trade process was dragged out. Um, so it's it's just really nice to see him sort of back being Jack Eichel in a massive market. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not the biggest like hockey market, but Vegas is a huge market in the NHL now. Like they're one of the marquee draws for TNT and national television and stuff like that. So it's just, it's just really cool to see um, one of the NHL's most marketable players doing it in one of its most marketable locations. Yeah. I, I always like, I always considered him one of the league's most talented players, just kind of shadowed by the fact that he was in a terrible situation and yeah, kind of just tucked away in the corner. But now it's, it's really cool to see him thriving. So I just wanted to bring that up. For sure. Um, all right. Why don't we talk quickly about the guy who went one spot ahead of Dra- uh, Keiko in the 2015 draft. Um, Mr. Connor McDavid. Is uh, is he currently on pace to score 90 goals? He has, yeah, he is on pace to score 90 goals this season. Uh, he has, well, no, on pace is the wrong word. But anyway. He has 11 goals in 10 games. He has 22 points in 10 games. Like, what is happening with this guy? Like, he put up how many points last year, and everyone thinks, like, ah, how could he get better? How could he get better? Like, and he just keeps doing it. I um, I think uh, I think Drysaddle has joked to him a couple times, like, in the media. He's like, you got to score more, buddy. And yeah. he's just taking it seriously. He does. He can you imagine how cool it'd be if he goes and just like like crushes Austin Matthews' season from last year in terms of yeah. goals? Like, like he just goes out and puts up like, I don't know, 70 goals, 75 goals. Yeah. Like what what was Matthews' exact number last year? Was it was it 61 or 62? Um, um, I forget. Maybe check that. But like, yeah, like yeah. if McDavid goes and puts up like 68 goals and like a hundred and 40 points like that would be so i just think that'd be so cool in terms of the the matthews mcdavid debate that was sparked last year in the sense that matthews is better defensively and is a better goal scorer but mcdavid just puts up so many points that he's sort of just inarguably the best player in the world um i wonder sorry go ahead if, if mcdavid comes back and and scores more goals then Matthews, who has, I think by a lot of model standards, put up like the best season of the analytics era mm-hmm. in terms of like wins added. Um, if he comes back and just scores more goals than Matthews did last year in that season, like it just that'd be so boss. It'd be so baller of Connor McDavid to do that. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's so, sick. So Matthews had exactly 60 goals last year. Oh, okay. I thought he had um, a little bit more. So I think McDavid absolutely can hit that. But where yeah. I was going was I'd love to see the numbers to start this year to see where scoring is in comparison to last year. Because oh, it's at like a record year. pace right now. Okay, is it? Because yeah, last I think it's year, at like six point four, six point. It's either six point four or six point two total goals per game, which is like the most of the salary cap era. I'm pretty sure because it it feels like it. Like it's we yeah. Keep, we keep hearing about these crazy streaks and um. Maybe we can segue to this quickly. Uh, six point games and stuff like that is yeah. just. Um, I feel like we're hearing about it on a more consistent basis, and it's like, holy crap! People are 
just doing more impressive things on a nice nightly basis. And it's like, there's been a lot of hat tricks this year. Career hat trick. Yeah, there's been a lot of hat tricks this year. McDavid has two. Uh, Tage Thompson just had well, one. Carlson's that... been incredible, and he's at like a low point, and he gets his first. Yeah, it's like I don't know. It's it's just weird things are happening, but I love it. <laughs> and it's especially weird. We'll talk about Tage Thompson in a sec, and like yeah. maybe do a quick thing on Buffalo, but like. It's so interesting that this trend kind of like this goal scoring trend seems like it came out of nowhere. Like the NHL was on a constant like nosedive in goal scoring because goalies were just so good. And now it just seems like, I don't know, Carey Price isn't playing anymore. Henrik Lundqvist retired. Jonathan Quick, his, his performance has fallen off a cliff since he's sort of exited his prime. Ben Bishop's gone. It just seems like so many goalies have left and mm-hmm. they're just not really being replaced. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a theory that's been floated out there that just like the in general the goalies are worse, but I just don't know where this goal scoring trend came from because forever it was like how do we improve goal scoring? How do we improve goal scoring? And then it's almost as though in the the 56 game sort of covid year um it just like exploded that season um mm-hmm. to the tune of McDavid putting up 105 points in in 56 games or whatever and then last year it just didn't stop and this year it's it's gone even further and uh it's awesome it's it so just, fun yeah it just feels like the skill development of the players is progressing yeah. way faster than the skill development of the goalies right now and it's interesting to see how that will kind of even out as time keeps going here that could be it too because like this might sound very like naive or dumb, but like I don't really see how much a goalie can like improve mm-hmm. because how can you really be like physically dominant as a goalie? Like you can be, but some of the biggest sort of I don't know um, attributes of a goalie is size and agility. Yeah. And if you have those, then you're probably going to be a good goalie. And if you don't, you can't really attain those. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like there's a threshold for how good a goalie can be. Mm-hmm. There's no threshold for how good players can be because you can always work on puck handling and skating and where you can be on the ice and positioning and all this stuff passing. But with a goalie, I feel like goalies are so much more bounded in how far they can develop and how good they can get so maybe maybe that's sort of yeah. to your point of players are just getting so much more skilled and goalies just aren't keeping up mm-hmm. i don't know i actually i like i just thought of that so i don't know it seems kind of kind of cool I, I like how i articulated that <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know how how it works either but it's cool to see yeah um, and it's it's noticeable this year it's insane yeah. like let's look at yesterday's games well uh there was you there was a hit. seven four game. There were two six five games. There was a five two game, a five four game. Like there's like so much high scoring all the time. And uh, what were you gonna say there? I was just gonna say we don't have a ton of time left. You want to hit Buffalo and then maybe a player of the week first? Yeah. So Tage Thompson three goals, three assists, and an eight three shit kicking of the Detroit Red Wings on Sunday, or was that Monday? It was Monday. They won 8-3. Uh, Tage Thompson puts up six points in a game. Like, Buffalo's sick. They're such a cool team. They're so fun. <laughs> Do you think they're going to make playoffs? 
I mean, if they continue like this, yeah. But they're six and three. I don't know if thirty-eight-year-old or no forty. How old is Craig Anderson? I don't even know. I don't is know. He, if that's I think he's forty. I think he's forty-one. I think he's forty-two. Oh. He's forty-one. He turns forty-two yeah. in May. Okay. Yeah. And Eric Comrie's been the starter, and he's twenty-seven. Yeah. So we'll see if that's sustainable. Eric Comrie's already down to a nine-zero-two save percentage. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Craig Anderson's at a nine-four-six. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Just a sick core, purely like vibes team of the season so far. I don't mm. know. Just a fun team to watch. Cool jerseys. Paige Thompson, six points. There you go. Yeah. Um, that he's just completely shitting on everyone who called that contract crap. Oh, I know. I in I, no I, time I, either. I I liked it, but I seemed to be in the major minority. Um, so it's just really cool to see him kind of proving people wrong. I was hesitant and I've mentioned this before, so I'm not going to go into it. And we want to do our player of the week with three minutes mm-hmm. left. But uh, I was less hesitant about the deal because his breakout coincided with his position change. If oh, he'd have yeah. had his breakout still as a winger, I would have been more hesitant. So True. Um, there's definitely some like correlation between the two. Um, so last week we introduced the Pro-Am player of the week. We s- still didn't allot a lot much time this time, although three minutes might be enough. Um, Ryan, who you got for your pro app for your second edition of the pro am player of the week? I've got goaltender Matt Murray of the Dallas Stars. <laughs> That's so he got good. a contract this past week and uh went crazy on social media, obviously, because his name is Matt Murray and he's a goalie in the NHL. Do you um, know anything about him like when he was drafted? Like his stats. I quickly tried to pull up (laughs) like where this guy came from. Um, it looks like he was on an amateur tryout with Texas last year, going five one and zero with a nine forty seven save percentage. Bam! He played five seasons with the University of Massachusetts. Um, I can't pronounce that word, but (laughs) um, and put up some good numbers there. Like, um. Yeah, I don't know. It was just pretty cool to to see that making its waves. Who do you got? Yeah, I uh, I'm gonna go. I was kind of thinking you were gonna take this, but I'm gonna go with Eric Carlson. First yeah. hat trick. Um, I think he deserves it. It feels kind of shitty not going with Tage Thompson. We'll just say that Jack chose Tage Thompson. Um, but yeah, Eric Carlson's my pick. Um, favorite player growing up. I was going through my old hockey cards and I had like six autographed cards of his. Yeah. So I was like reminiscing about him the other day and then seeing him put up a hat trick last night, completely out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, just having a sick season back to his Norris days with San Jose. Uh, or no, it's Ottawa. <laughs> okay, buddy. Norris days with San Jose. Who am I? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's just, it's just awesome to see. And uh, I really hope that he's gets traded to a contender. I want to see that guy back in the playoffs. Absolutely. Um, all righty. So uh, that is our second edition of the Pro-Am Player of the Week. Um, keep an eye out. We might be introducing a second episode of the week on weekends. Um, still TBD on that with time frames and stuff. But uh, things are happening with the Professional Amateurs Podcast. And we will catch you next week. Hit the intro.